This is DJ Thomas, and you're listening to Frequency Interrupted. All right, what's up, man? What's up, everybody? Uh, I'm here today. I got Matt Schnell on. How you doing, bro? Doing great. Doing, great. doing, as, doing as good as I could be doing at the current moment, that's for sure. Yeah, I hear you. So uh, right now we're faced with uh, being at home and you locked down. And Matt, you're an actually a UFC fighter. How long have you been in the UFC now? I, I got into the UFC in 2016, December of 2016. So uh, about four years now. Okay. And we met probably 10 years ago, um, at, uh, actually here in Shreveport, Louisiana, training at Karate Mafia. And I actually got to to, uh, to know you right when you were walking into the gym, I guess. Uh, how old were you then? I must have been about 19. Yeah. I first started coming and training at Karate Mafia with you guys. And uh, yeah, seems seems like yesterday to me, but... 10 years, 11 yeah, dude, years. This went by quick, man. We, I mean, I think back, that's back. I was doing oil field work and just kind of playing in the MMA scene. You guys took it serious though. I mean, you, I mean, look where you're at now. That's all you've been doing since then, I guess, man. It's uh, been a nonstop grind. It was, uh, it, it was an interesting time coming up because I, know, I didn't know that I was doing it seriously then. I just was having yeah. fun with it. I worked at Smoothie King and went to- I know. <laughs> I remember that. So uh, it, it's, it's strange to think how things have come full circle. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool to, to think back. And it was a struggle back then, that's for sure. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, you were, you were, like I said, you were all in. I guess you, you stayed up. You stayed into it. I, I was – I trained and fought a couple of years and I kind of fell off. And, um, and what was cool is it's been about a year and a half ago, almost two years ago, I came back and had like a, a farewell tour fight <laughs> and you got to MC it, dude. And I, and honestly, that was that I was honored, man. I was honored that you were there and it was just cool to, to, to watch the video and back and hear you commentating. I was like, this is badass. Yeah, obviously we've been trying to dabble in the commentary a little bit, and it's could it's cool to see my old friends still doing it and, and going out there and putting it on the line. So uh, it, it's fun to do it from from where I'm sitting too, and I, I think I'm I'm definitely going to continue doing that stuff, working working with the commentary and, and trying to break out with that a little more, as well as fight and, and do my thing. <clears throat> but yeah, it's it's been fun. It's been fun watching you guys kind of kind of come back to it and, and get it, get in there and compete. Yeah, man. Um, it, for me, it's just a hobby, you know. I'm definitely not, definitely not trying to make it a job. But um, so about that, you're uh, now you. I mean, you're married now. You have a, a little. Uh, you have a, a young kid now. Um, and how old is she? She is going to be three months old here in a couple weeks. So she's yeah, so, well. Congratulations. How's it, how's it like being a dad? <laughs> it's been great. You know, we were we were kind of quarantined before the quarantine started because we were trying to stay at home and yeah, I was trying to spend as much time with that little girl as I could. And so it's it's been good. It's been a blessing for me. Uh, plenty of time with my young daughter. Uh, changed a bunch of diapers. You know, rocked her to sleep quite a few times and I don't I, I know that not all dads get to have that type of experience when you're out working 50 60 hours a week it can be tough to spend time with your yeah. children so I'm I'm blessed yeah I've been um I've been hearing that a lot people are you know it's it's nice to be able to take the time and spend time with your family right now and you know a lot of people are complaining about it because they're ready to get back to work but honestly it's uh it's a blessing in disguise I think in my opinion 
Yeah, I'm ready to get back to work too, though. Uh, and I understand, I understand that aspect. But sometimes, um, sometimes you gotta you gotta work things out and, and take the proper precautions. I've been taking the precautions. I have a newborn. Yeah, so trying to go out and get myself infected and then infect my newborn child. So we've we've been doing what we can. So right now we're live and on Facebook, and I just got a question from someone. They said, "So what's dangerous doing to pass the time? What what have you been doing to pass the time besides raising your new little girl?" Uh, playing, a, playing a lot of video games. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I typically make lunch and dinner around here. So uh, taking care of my daughter. I, I, I bought a bag for, for, my, uh, for my back patio. So I've been, you know, I get out there and work my bag a couple rounds a day. Yeah. Reps. And I've been running miles. One, one of my buddies in Lafayette, he, he challenged me to, to run some miles during this. So we've been kind of <clears throat> going back and forth at each other, uh, sending times and, and trying to better each other. Hey, I mean, a little bit of competitive rain there. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. And surprisingly, you know, like, so I, I don't run typically when I'm getting ready for fights. I know a lot of people run and do a lot of road work. It's never been one of my things. I, yeah. I, mean, I, uh, I get it. I get a lot of rounds. This is how I do my road work, but it's been fun getting back into running and I'm kind of surprised by how fast I still am. I can still pretty, I can still kind of go. So that's been nice. But, uh, also getting fat so i know I, <laughs> I still even though i'm running miles i burn more calories when i'm in the gym training every yeah what you weighing right now i woke up at 153 this morning Ooh, oh yeah so hey man it'll come off easy though when you get back to it you know I, it yeah <laughs> i don't know if it's just the dad weight i'm putting on because yeah. <laughs> but uh that's the heaviest I've ever been, like stepping on the scale, was 157. And you know, yeah. obviously, I fight at 125, so that's that's 31 pounds. Uh, that's that's a lot of weight. And right now, I'm kind of walking in a place where I'm thinking, like, man, this is a lot of weight. Yeah. Lot of weight. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting back to work just to just to burn the calories. Yeah. No, I know. Um, I hear you there. That last time I fought was um, I was 230 when I started my weight cut. Or started the fight camp, but I had three months to cut that weight and fought at 185. And honestly, I was dead. <laughs> I'm so tired. I mean, that was it's a lot of weight to lose. You know, if, if it were me in your corner, I would have told you not to cut weight. I just don't think, especially yeah. at the amateur level, you know, you don't typically run into guys with, with crazy skill sets. They're amateurs too. Yeah. Uh, you should be fighting at the weight you walk at. And, uh, you know, now I'm coaching guys. Uh, I, I bring guys to Shreveport to compete in, in AKA all the time. My guys are pretty good. I would say so myself. And uh, all my guys pretty much, they compete at the weight that they walk at just because I don't want to concern ourselves with weight cutting this at, at this early stage, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm going to roll back a little bit. So I met you, um, it was probably around 2008, something like that. When we met and started training together, I believe I might, may not be accurate on the year, but, um, you know, we, we actually come up together and, uh, we did a lot of boxing tournaments and, um, a little bit of kickboxing, some MMA, but what I'm interested to know, um, one, how did you get your nickname? Cause I never, you know, I never knew that. <laughs> and then two, um, how did you get into the fight game? You know, what's your story from, you know, from childhood, moving up through to high school to walking into the gym? Yeah, when I graduated high school, <clears throat> I played sports in high school. I ran track and uh, I played football, practiced a lot of football, didn't play much. But uh, I, I, after, after football, after track, after sports, 
I was, I was kind of getting skinny fat. I noticed like I wasn't, I was still a little dude, but, but I was like skinny and, and like out of shape and out of breath all the time. So I really started going to a gym right after I graduated uh, that summer. Cause it had been a couple of months since I'd been playing sports. And I was like, man, I'm getting soft. So I walked into Brent Mason's elite combat Academy. It was over on market street at the time uh, and started training there and walked in first day had a lot of fun, got beat up, and just kept going back, and, and that's where it started. Brent Mason gave me my nickname. Okay. And he gave me my nickname. I was kind of a spaz there at the beginning. Still am kind of a spaz, but I had I, I didn't know how to train. I wasn't a great training partner, so I, I earned my nickname through hurting people uh, accidentally. <laughs> uh, it sounds cool, like danger. Oh, man, he, might, he must be a dangerous guy. Yeah. But it, really, it was from being a complete spaz. Well, I mean, I remember back then, um, you know, you being in the gym and stuff, and, you know, I've always been a bigger dude, and back then I was really heavy, but you, um, it was like you were a sleeper, man. You always looked calm and chill, never got too, you know, never got too amped up emotionally, you know, like some people do, and um, then when you got in the ring, you know, it was time to spar, it was, you know, it was game on. It was always interesting to see that. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, when I played sports when I was a kid, I was always kind of a rough kid. Yeah, you know, it's, I, it, it's something that translated well for me from from just being a rough kid to to fighting people. So, <laughs> well, so what are you doing? Like, uh, what's your plans? I mean, I know um, fights are you know fights are getting lined up now, and um, I don't know you know where you're at in that. Your last fight was um, in December, I believe, right? Yep. And um, what's your plan on coming back from that? And, uh, I mean, what, what are you going to do moving forward as far as, do you know, have you heard anything yet about when you may have an opportunity or are they still kind of working all the logistics out? I, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure that if I reached out and said, Hey guys, I want to fight, they would, uh, they'd find a way to get me in there. But, yeah. you know, it's, it's been difficult training here of late and I've, I've done my due diligence. You know, I've been running plenty of miles and, uh, been trying to still keep it moving a little bit. Hopefully within the next couple of weeks, I can start to convince my wife to let my uh, kickboxing coach come over. Maybe I can hit some pads or something. But there you go. Uh, I, I'm, it, it's hard to say right now because I'm a guy who likes to get prepared. And I feel like for right now, it's difficult to prepare for yeah. anything. So, uh, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm excited. I'm, we're going to get back in there. It might be this summer. It might be this next fall, but uh, we're going to get back in there. And uh, again, the other, other positives of being in quarantine is I think that I'm the type of guy that uh, doesn't slow down and, and I can kind of grind myself up. So uh, I think over the last couple of years, I've been very busy trying to uh, become relevant and, and fight my way into the UFC. And I fought my way into, into being ranked in the top 10. And it's, it's been busy. It's been busy. And I think I've accumulated a lot of injuries. And I've got some mileage on me. Uh, I've got some mileage on me. So these quarantine times, maybe a good time to just heal up a little bit, kind of uh, reinvigorate myself. We'll see. I feel good. I feel good. 30 years old, but I feel good. Yeah. Well, you, uh, do you feel like anybody, um, and I've heard this a lot and I've been hearing this chatter and, um, like momentum wise, you feel like people who may have been in the game ready to, um, you know, climb the rankings have lost their momentum a little bit being set back and not being able to train like they could normally it's yeah maybe i'm sure some guys feel that way but but uh what they have to understand is everybody's experiencing it so 
I kind of I kind of know that people are still out there training, and that that bothers me because yeah. I'm taking precautions right now because uh, there are more important things in this household than than me being a fighter right now. So that's that's you know we we've kind of shuffled things that way. So I'm I'm taking the precautions, but I know there's guys out there still training. So yeah. That kind of, it kind of bothers me a little bit because I feel like uh, when they're putting in reps and I'm not, that's that's not good. So, uh, but trying to stay positive about it, I'm ready to get back in there, and, and all these guys can get it anyway. So, well, I feel I feel like in, a, in the next few weeks everything's going to start slowly opening up. So hopefully, you know, you're back in the grind and you know see what see what's up now. Now that um, you know, kind of in flow of conversation, I don't want to talk just about. Um, the fight career the whole time because uh, honestly I'm sure you get get those kind of interviews all the time but um, I, I do have some listeners and some viewers that aren't really in MMA but um, what they are into is our positive vibe and message so um, man just a little bit on your come up you know your struggles um, you know from um, being in, you know coming from a small town like we're from and you know growing up to where you're being watched worldwide on television man. I mean what what are your what's your incentive there and what's your advice to people that may be a little held back and think they can't make it because where they're at or what they're doing? Yeah. Um, I, one of my biggest regrets is that, uh, I know a lot of people don't like to talk about regrets, but I regret the fact that I didn't find martial arts sooner in my life. Like I said, I, I started when I was 18 years old. And I think that if I would have started younger, it would have put me on a, on a path uh, to success earlier. Uh, because martial arts taught me that you, through repetition and, and uh, you know, n- not just repetition, but, but uh, solid effort, yeah. you, you can really, really get better at something. And if you care about it and, and you're willing to toe the line and put in, put in the hard work, then you can get it done. And you hear things like that coming up. You know, you, you hear all these cliches, but yeah. it didn't come to pass for me until – until I found martial arts and you know, there's a lot of nuance to it as well because you can do all, you can do all the work that you deem is hard, but is it really the hard work? Uh, Then you have to, you have to find yourself a little bit and you have to be able to be honest uh, with yourself and and with others around you. And, you know, uh, you you come to find that honesty is the best way to actually improving too, because if you can have real conversations with people about what, what you're doing well and what you're doing poorly, you can concentrate on, uh, on what can actually pay dividends. Yeah. It's always good to have you surround yourself with people who are um, like-minded and moving forward in the kind of same direction you are, but being the hardest work in the room, man, I feel like anyone at the elite level that you're at, whether it be, you know, in fighting or anything in business or just in life, you got to be the hardest work in the room. You can't okay. pass it and make it. <laughs> I've got a hot in this because uh, I I believe that you have to be the smartest guy in the room. It, it pays to be smart, you yeah. know, because uh, I'm I'm not the hardest worker in the room. You know, you, I th- I think if you if you went back and talked to people who I've trained with, and I've trained everywhere, I've trained all over the place, and I'm I'm not a horse. And I kind of I, I it used to bother me, but like I, all these guys, man, this dude can just keep going after practice is over. But it's like I win fights. Yeah, I fights and I put in reps and I, I do the work that's necessary, but I don't think that it pays to be a horse and put in extra reps and do extra things. Because again, I think that you can invest too much time in something that isn't that important. You know, at the end of practice, if you're still running around the mat, like great, but we're, we fight, 
You know, and I can't run around the mat because I just put all my effort into whipping your ass. Yes. You know, and you got beat up, and now you're running around the mat, and you're trying, you know, you're trying to prove to everybody that you, you're this workhorse. I'm like, bro, go win fights. Yeah. So it's uh, it's hard to say. I think you got to be smart. There's there's a happy median with everything. Yeah. I've noticed the guy that's the horse, he ain't the one that's producing. Typically not. No, and I, and I agree. I agree there. I guess more in, more in aspects of uh, working your way up, you know, through, through the, doing the work, I guess, in aspects where people are half-assing, you know, finding – and, of course, working, working smart as well because, I mean, you got to keep from injuring yourself from overtraining. You know, you got to make sure your diet's on point so you can, you know, make weight when you need to, all those things, you know um, – being a fight scientist, you know, watching watching your opponent coming up, making sure that, you know, you're finding their weak spots or your strategy. I mean, that's all mental. You know, it's not, you know, the physical aspect only goes so far. I would say this, that there's something to continuity. And uh, some days you're going to wake up and not feel great. Some days you're going to wake up and not want to do it. But you got you to gotta go do it anyways. And you got to be smart. If you're injured, you know, don't do something that's going to that's gonna, – make you more injured uh you you have to be smart in that regard but uh it's it's there's so much to it there's there's so much to it but you you gotta you gotta show up every day there's something to showing up and it doesn't have to always be your absolute best you know you can drive yourself crazy especially if you're really putting in work like i i find when i'm getting whipped the most is when i'm in the when i'm in the deep part of my camp when it's about the time when i'm when I'm about to peak, that's when, that's when things are the roughest. And there's a lot inside of you that'll tell you like, man, I'm injured today. Let's not go in. But sometimes you got to go in all the same. And there's nothing wrong with going through the motions either. People, there's a lot of people who will get onto you for like, they want this, this crazy production all the time, but you got to be able to do it when you're tired. So uh, there's something to continuity. Show up. It doesn't always have to be your best. And give yourself a little leeway, you know, maybe it's, Maybe it's not your best day, but did you go? Did you get the work? Did you see some things? All right, we can work with that. Yeah. I mean, I completely agree. Um, but, you know, when you talk about training, I, I think about way back in the day uh, when we when we were training together a long time ago, we used to have the same regimen every single day. <laughs> and it was like a stand-up day and then a ground day, or, or we would have the same thing. Now, um, as everything's evolved, I mean, I mean, it's they're, it's crazy how the sports evolved to where it is now, but how do your regimens line up back, you know, from back then to now at competing at elite level? Dude, I think they were I think, really? I think yeah, we were, we were hard on ourselves. We yeah. just didn't yeah. do any better, you know, and, yeah. and the people around, we, we were, you know, kind of learning as we were going, but I would say uh, now my training sessions are a lot more calculated. Like it's rare that I come in and I do everything in, in that, you know, session. I'll, it's always conceptualized. I'm always working on one thing at a time. Whereas back then we'd come in, we'd roll a little bit, we'd wrestle a little bit, we'd hit pads. We sparred like we sparred every day, day, man. Uh, It was rougher back then than it is now. And to be honest, like as somebody who's moving along in the sport and, and in a position now where I'm coaching guys, like I'm trying to change that with these guys and, we're not sparring every day, you know. We're, yeah. we're working on concepts. We're working on on getting better. So, hey man, Dan Dan Arnett just commented in. He said, "Dangerous regimen back then was to get beat up every day like a scrub." <laughs> man, I'll tell you one thing: I, it, getting beat up is the only way to get better. It really is, though. I mean, Those guys, Dan Arnett and Chad Linhart, they were right. Huh? 
I, I used to be, and I, I was a big guy. I, you know, I'd fight in the bars and act stupid drunk and shit. But whenever I would get in uh, the ring with Chad, I was scared every time. I'm not going to lie. He would beat the shit out of you. He was me. He was yeah. me. I remember being like two weeks into training and Chad Lenard's drowning, pounding me like I'm a grown man. Yeah. <laughs> Punching me, me with four ounce gloves on, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good stuff. Uh, well, dude, I don't know. I don't recall getting whipped like a scrub, though. <laughs> I don't think I ever see I don't think I ever saw that either, man. But I, I do I do remember those rough days. And I, I was just, you know, curious to know, you know, how that how that's evolved now. But I mean, I'm sure doing it for a living and um, you know, being calculated and make sure that you keep in mind that you're, you know, this is your business and your way of life now. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you're a little more reserved on you know your actions every day try to be but i'm I'm still a ruffian you know that's good yeah I, I gotta keep myself in line i've, I've got to keep myself going to places where i'm comfortable and where i'm familiar uh and at the same time being able to to kind of push the barriers a little bit because uh, th things have changed since since being in the ufc I, i've noticed like i'll go to gyms and it, it's hard to just go and get some decent work sometimes guys are always trying to prove it to themselves and I understand that. I was that guy at one time. So because of that, I do have to be a little more uh, selective with where with where I train. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you still um, are you still doing anything with Top Team, or you know, where are you at right now? I know you were there for a little while. Or are you just kind of? Yeah. I trained at American Top Team from what was that? I think twenty thirteen till I got into the UFC. Okay. And then uh, I started training at a, at a gym in Northern California. So I bounced between American Kickboxing Academy and uh, CSA, Combat Sports Academy. Those have been my places here over the last couple of fights. So okay. um, it just, just, needed a, just needed a change. Yeah. Uh, you know, like there was nothing. I, I still have a good relationship with American Top Team and, and could probably just go back there anytime I wanted. And I appreciate that. Uh, I, I try not to burn any bridges or be a goofball, but I just needed a change. And I, I married my wife and moved to Texas and just started doing something a little different. But uh, no, you know, I've got I've got no issues with American Top Team. We cool. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, you have um, now you said you got married, uh, you know, being in a relationship and then, you know, having all this attention on you. How is that adjustment, you know, is, how's that all going? Everything cool with that? I mean, is, is it an adjustment for you or has she kind of been there and used to it this whole time already? Well, she was, I met my wife in what I call the aftermath of caged. <laughs> I wasn't going to bring it up, but I guess we have to talk about that too. <laughs> I met my wife. Uh, she, we met on Twitter. Uh, she, she tweeted me and I, I came home and, and uh, met my wife and that was it. She's been my girl ever since. And I, I think uh, she's, she's been a wonderful aspect of this journey for me because, again, I'll go back to there's some uh, to con both continuity and uh, being honest with yourself. Yeah. And, uh, she's, she's always been a voice of honesty to me and, and has always uh, been a positive person. Uh, influence on on me chasing my dreams so it's been good i i haven't had uh i haven't wasted much time chasing women and i think that's that's helped me in my success with yeah. with being a, a fighter yeah we, i mean that it does happen with that attention you know um now you brought up you brought it up so i'll bring it up um mtv cage so um you know you you were quite the star on that show i had a little bit of spotlights on there not much but it was around the time where um you know, we had just been in, in the fight, you know, in, in Karate Mafia for uh, probably two or three years at that point. 
Um, do you think that kind of helps spotlight you and kind of shine a little bit of light on you for you to grow into your career where you're at now? Yeah, I think so. I think I would have gotten there regardless, you know. But it, it, was, it was really a uh, – it, it set me on the path. You know, yeah. Nobody had ever told me I could be a UFC fighter until uh, – well, that's not true. Brent Mason used to tell me I was going to be a UFC fighter, but I didn't believe him. And then after Cage, there was a lot of people telling me, like, hey, man, you can fight in the UFC maybe. So I was like, all right, let's give this let's, – let's make a run at it. And uh, – yeah, it, it was it was good. You know, it gave me the type of experience that you really can't buy and things yeah. that things that I excel at now and things that I'm good at. Like, like I can freaking kill an interview, yeah. you put the microphone in my hand. I'm good with it. I, we spent thousands of hours in front of cameras, thousands of hours. And like, sure, there were 10 episodes on MTV. It was one season and that's all people saw. But they don't know how many thousands of hours went into that. So. Uh, I've, I've got experience and I, I think that it will help me in the future. It'll, it'll continue to help me because this, what, what I want to do is eventually be working in some manner of sports media, you know, doing commentary um, or something like it. So. I'm glad you said that because um, I think it's interesting. Uh, an idol of mine in the fight game is Daniel Cormier and I'm, and I'm sure you, you like him as well. And he's, you know, from our, our home state, but you know, it's it's interesting how you, you can have, you know, a, a, be a champion wrestler and then be a, a champion in two different fight leagues, uh, two time, uh, what, in two different weight classes and still grooming your career as a commentator and, you know, being working for Fox directly and, you know, and all that and now ESPN and all that. I mean, I just think that there's a lot of guys in the fight game that are just worried about fighting and not worried about what happens afterwards. Guess what, man? I mean, after 40, I mean, it's, it's pretty rough. What are you going to do? You know, you got to be – and what you're saying tells me that I know you're going to be you're, you're in it to stay for a while, no matter if you're in the cage or outside of it. I've, I've always known that I would I would serve the vast majority of time uh, in this sport outside of the cage. I mean, I've been fighting 10 years, been fighting 11 years. I've, I probably got another four or five left in me. And uh, but I'll spend the rest of my life uh, involved in this sport in some way or the or another. Um, yeah, Cormier is the man. Yeah. Man, he's done a great job. You have to be competent, you know. You have to be competent. And uh, I, I think, again, uh, martial arts taught me that. Taught me that if you if you uh, focus and apply yourself, you're capable of being competent. I, I think I'm a great fighter. I do. But I know my, my talents are best suited outside of the cage. And I've always known that I'd probably be a better coach than, than fighter. Because uh, I've always been, I've always had a lot of coach type energy about me. So uh, I look, I look forward to, you know, the, I, I'm in the twilight, not the twilight of my career, but this is the, this is the late, the last half of it. We're, we're in the final stretch and I know I'm about to make a run. I'm, I'm about to do my best work in, in this portion, but I, I have no uh, problems riding off into, into the sunset. I've, I've done everything I've ever set out to do, save win the, the UFC championship. But that's, that's what we're making a run at right now. So we'll see what happens. But I'm not going to be one of those guys you're going to have to beg to stop because when I stop, <laughs> I, I'm not coming back out of retirement to fight no bare-knuckle boxing. Or man, dude, I, I see that stuff and I'm just like, God, man, hang it up. You got to figure out something else to do. I mean, you're going to die on the mat, bro. You know, it's like, it's rough. Not me. Yeah. It's over, it's over, baby. Yeah. I mean, that's – that's uh that's always good to know when I, you know some of those guys who you know 
um, who have made it into commentating now, and that they were great fighters, and, and they knew when to hang it up, you know, hang it up, and they're still they're still very reputable, and you know, people still, you know, kind of it's like the other guys who were great and had their, you know few great years then you see them in situations like you're talking about and you lose respect man it's a little bit you know or something there it's just a little off you know fighting is a way that i i found to express myself but fighting is not my identity yeah. it's not it's not all i am and i i don't look forward to fighting so that the spotlight's on me you know that's not why i fight I, i'm not a thrill seeker i've always said this I, i'm not a thrill seeker I uh, legitimately enjoy whipping dudes. That's that's what I like to do. I like to beat people up. Uh, but you'll never catch me jumping out the back of a of an airplane. Uh, I don't like water sports. I'm not a thrill seeker. Uh, what about heights? You like heights? Heck no. Me either, man. I never liked them, man. It's uh, there's a different. Uh, you know, people always talk about that seeking that adrenaline rush. Uh, you know, anytime I, I competed, it wasn't that for me. It's more nervous than anything until, you know. It's, it's nice to feel it, you know, when you hit that home run and the man falls. It, it's a good feeling, you know, when you, when you put that strangle on somebody and it, it, it does the, what it's supposed to do. It's a good feeling and, it, and it's fun. But uh, I, I've always been more of, you know, I, I don't know. I, I do like to fight. I do like to fight. But uh, I'm not a thrill seeker. Yeah. Well, what would you have to say to anyone that um, would be, you know, in the stages that we were in when I met you back in the day um, of trying to figure out what their identity is, if they're going to do pursue this as a career, um, you know, and, and now you have to be a lot, you have to have a lot more in the, in the ice chest, man, you got to have a lot more skill than you did back then because the, the it's evolved so much. Like my ground game was always shit. And that last time I thought I was like, Man, I was just training the, the, those three months window I had. I was just training ground every day so I could defend enough to get back up and bang. You know what I mean? Well, uh, you're not lying. And, and you're coming to these shows now. These guys fighting now as amateurs, they got skills. Yeah. They're freaking good. And it, it wasn't like that uh, back when we were coming up. I would tell somebody young to, that, that's coming up, that's making, making uh, tr trying to break out in the fight game, take it one fight at a time. Aim low, you know. I, I've never met a man that came in and was like, "Dude, I'm gonna be the U. I'm a fight in the UFC." I've never met a man who said that to me that actually did it. And I'm sure that it can be done. There, there are exceptions out there, but most of these knuckleheads that come in there and tell me they're gonna be a pro fighter, they they don't make it to fight one amateur fight. So I would say, uh, first off. Take your time, but hurry up. You know, don't don't fight and then rest. You need to be competing, uh, but aim low. Fight one fight at a time. Don't get ahead of yourself too much. Uh, surround yourself with people who are honest with you and be honest with yourself. It's, it's the only way that you can actually improve is if you can look yourself in the mirror and say, this is what I can do. This is what I can't do. I need to get better at this. And uh, you need you need people around you also who are willing to do it. And it's, hard, it's a hard it's a hard thing to play on that line because you can go to people who are just always negative and you just yeah. always have something bad to say about it. And you don't want that either, but you want people who genuinely want what's best for you around you. Uh, and I would say any young fighters listening to this, feel free to, to reach out to me, like hit me up. Uh, I'll, I'll lead you on the right path. I, I think, uh, but, but what's great about fighting is that there's so many, it much, much like in life, uh, there, there's so many paths to, to where you're going. And 
you know, there, there are different scenarios. Though I could have good advice for people like me, I might not have good advice for somebody like John Jones. You know, that guy is a knucklehead. He does what he wants. He's winning everything. So. Yeah. I mean, that's that's talent there. It's just pure talent, man. I mean, that's a whole other game there. I mean, I, I don't even know. He's, he's still hanging on. But, you know, you said that, and, you know, it's funny because, you know, the like people having negative noise around you all the time or having people that may be lying to, to you just to be a groupie, you know what I mean, and not being honest. I think I think having those the group of people that are going to be real with you, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it's, it's hard. It's a hard thing to uh, balance out and, and come to. But for me, like, I'm hard on myself always. Yeah. And you, you kind of have to be a little bit. But, you know, at times I need somebody to tell me, like, hey, man, you, you did fine. You did yeah. good. Things are all right. Like, relax, you know, because I'm hard enough on myself. And I have, if, I've, if I have somebody in my corner shouting the F word, telling me I'm not shit, not, that doesn't work for me, dog. Right. It doesn't work for me. I'm a different type of dude, you know. I, but uh, I also don't need somebody stroking my ego. Like, I don't like that either. I, I just need somebody to tell me what they're seeing to tell me everything's okay, to breathe, to slow down, and uh, we good. Man, I, I love that you said that because honestly, aside from fighting, applying that to anything you're doing, I think makes, makes you know, all the difference because there's so many situations you'll get in where um, I had to, you know, I had to get rid of a group of people around me that were just, I realized one day were so damn negative and were bringing me down. You, you're, you know, you're, I'm a macho guy, you know, that shit doesn't affect me. Everything affects everyone, man. Being around something long enough, it consumes you and you don't realize it. You look back and you say, damn, I, uh, you know, I'm glad I finally realized that my progression and that wasn't lining up and I figured out what was more important, you know? Yeah. It's, it's hard to know too, because it, yeah. It just sneaks up on you that that you're around somebody who is a succubus and just completely drains you all the time. And it, it, it's also a hard lesson to come to to realize that you can't save everybody. You know, sometimes you think you're holding on to people because like, yeah, but man, when he's cool, he's freaking cool. And it's like, yeah, but 90 percent of the time he ain't cool or, you know. And I understand I've been, I've been in plenty of situations like that. And it's, it's a hard thing to come to terms with. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, anyone watching live? Um, I got people. We got people coming in and out uh, constantly. If you got any questions for Danger, now be the time to uh, drop them because we only got a few more minutes. I don't want to hold him up. Uh, I know he's got dad duty. Busy day, <laughs> hanging out on my patio. Yeah, man. So, um, what 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 else, man? What else? What else do you think? Um, you know, besides just you know coming up and in, in your story, what do you? What, what are your other ambitions besides, you know, is it a self-fulfilling thing to, to make it to that certain level? Or, I mean, do you have any other ambitions besides becoming a champion and doing commentary? Um, you know, being that you, you know, you now have a, a little girl and things like that, you know, I'm sure it's a little small mind shift there for you. You know, honestly, I've never been much of a man of ambition, if I'm being honest. Okay. I want to I want to continue to provide for my wife and for my daughter, and uh, I would like to be financially uh, stable and independent and, and doing my doing my thing. So th there are other things that I would that I'm, I'm slowly trying to to work my way into. And you know, over my fight career, I've just been trying to stack some capital and uh, 
just bought bought my house. Me and my wife bought a house here in Humble, Texas, and so we've got us a little piece of land. And you know, I, I just want to, uh, I just want enough. You know, I don't want it all. I just want enough, and we're, we're going to keep working towards that. I, I could see myself running a gym one day. You know, that's that's been something that I've always kind of had in the back of my mind. Not just uh, not just to make money, but also to provide for my community and uh, to to give myself something to do on a daily basis. And I, I teach currently uh, at some different spots, and you know, I love to teach martial arts. And again, I think I'll be doing this my entire life. So. Uh, my aspirations are just to just to raise my daughter comfortably. Yeah, that's that's I mean, that's interesting. You said that because honestly, I feel like, um, you know, not shooting too high. Like I've always said, I, I don't want to be the richest person in the world. I just want to have enough money to do what I want to do when I want to do it, if that makes sense. You know, the, the flashy and once you um, and, and you're at that level now, I mean, once you're you know, you get into that level and you're with those guys that are all about blowing the money, thousands and thousands of dollars on the the fancy ass clothes and fancy ass vehicles and then um turning around and not putting anything back and then one day they're having a bare knuckle fight, you know? And and that's the exact timeline. That and, and you know, for all these guys who complain about about what they're paid and stuff, like I get it, you know, we're professional athletes, but you know, people look at what NFL quarterbacks are making and then they say it's unfair. But it's like, bro, save your money. You know, just because you win one fight of the night bonus, don't go and freaking Lisa Lamborghini, you did. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and that's a real story that, that happened. There's a guy that did that. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. and he's out here bitching about his taxes. Like, bro, pay your taxes. Yeah. You know? God dang. So. I got another question in. It said, uh, how's it juggling training, working the fights, and fighting now that you're a new daddy? Well, I haven't got to train much since being a daddy, but uh, there at the beginning, it was it was fine. It was fun. You know, I'd get to I'd get to skate off and train for an hour at a time. But uh, one thing that that is going to have to happen is we're probably going to have to make an adjustment to where I camp. And I've been putting in a lot of thought as, as to where I'm going to do it. And uh, you know, we we've put things in place. I'm I'm uh, I'm gonna probably keep it in Texas this next one just because. It spreads me thin, not being – my wife was pregnant during uh, a, a good percentage of my last year's fight career, uh, you know, last year's fights. And I fought three times last year, but I camped for four fights. I actually got prepared for four fights, only fight, fought three times, but it was a busy year. I spent a lot of time away from my wife, and by the end of it, I was spread so thin and missing out on things. It was, it was very difficult for me, and I was having a hard time with it. So right now we're trying to put things in place to where I can – uh, camp and be closer to home so that's an adjustment we got to make yeah it's um definitely a time management deal you know you have to become a lot better at that um and you know you can't screw off you know an hour after training camp or an hour before training camp you got to be a little more you know strategic that's, now that's the truth you know can't can't sit around and talk with my boys for an extra 45 minutes afterwards uh so, yeah, but I've always been pretty good at managing my time, getting in and out of the gym. Like I said, I'm not a horse. I go there, I do what I'm supposed to do, and I go my ass home and rest. Yeah. yeah. What, uh, what's it been like um, as you climb the ladder and um, being around, you know, some of the champions? And, um, you know, I, I know there's a, everyone's different, but, um, you know, I've met D.C. and got to train with him uh, a couple times, and he's a great guy. But other guys on that level, what's it been like, you know, interacting with them now and, you know, being able to train with those people? What's that like now? 
they're just they're just dudes you know yeah. it's, it's fun it's funny to come to terms with it but you know when I first moved to American Top Team I was a young guy and I remember being around guys who were very notable at the time and you know, I was a couple of weeks into being at American Top Team, and these guys were asking me my advice on stuff. And <laughs> I just kind of, kind of, you know, nobody really knows what the frick they're doing. Nobody's got this figured out. And anybody who pretends like they do have it figured out, you got to kind of look at them with a the side eye because we're all just kind of stumbling and bumbling our way through this thing. And you know, some of the guys who are the best fighters in the world, they're the biggest goofballs in the world too. <laughs> uh, you know, I've, I've been in plenty of camps with really high level guys and. You know, they're, they're, they're normal dudes, just goofs, you know, just like you and me. Yeah. I mean, you're one of those high-level guys now. You can whip all these guys. Yeah, let's not. <laughs> I do feel that way. I can beat all these guys. So. Man, I believe it. I, I've, I've enjoyed being able to see, you know, the transformation from back in the day and throughout your whole career. And I feel like <clears throat> there's a lot of other people we train with that were kind of up and down the whole way, but you just had like a steady climb, you know, and, and I, I always, you know, thought that was awesome. You know, I'm, honestly, um, how are you? You're 30, right? 30 years old. Yeah. Yeah, we're the same age. But, man, I, in, the, in the aspect of the sport, I've always looked up to you because I'm like, man, he's always – he's got a path. He's always moving forward. There's never shaking back. If he takes a loss, he takes it like a man and moves forward, doesn't bitch, doesn't complain, doesn't make an excuse, you know. You got to face it. You got to face it. Uh, something I've been big on with – with this uh, since getting into the UFC is, is facing your fear. I used to think when I started, you know, like I'd have all these emotions going into it. And I was like, man, will this ever go away? Will this ever, at some point will I get to a point where I don't feel these emotions? And I had to come to terms with the fact that no, they never go away. <laughs> and I'm, I'm careful when I, when I speak to these young guys coming up and when I'm talking to my guys before they go out there, because I know, how they feel, they feel like everything's on the line and you should. I used to feel that same way. And sometimes these guys will talk to me and they'll be like, you know, I'm, I'm not in the UFC, but like I'm nervous. And it's like, bro, those nerves you feel now, you're going to still feel them, my friend. And you got to face it. You know, you got you to gotta look it in the eyes and go. And uh, that, that's been one of the biggest lessons of, of my uh, my late 20s, now early 30s, is just knowing that it's scary. It's scary. The guys who get it done are the ones who do it anyways. So, yeah. I think, yeah, I mean, I think that's, uh, you hit it, you hit it on the head right there. I mean, it doesn't matter what you do, man. If you're, it, you're, you're worried about it and you're emotional about it because you care, you know, it's something you're passionate about. You know, if you're that person that's not passionate about it, then you're not going to give a damn. You're not going to have so much emotion wrapped up in it. You know, so I mean, it, it's a good thing that you're scared because you actually give a shit about what you're doing, you know? Nerves keep you alive. You know, yeah. there's a reason that we we still wander this earth, and it's because our ancestors, they went to battle with uh, an, another group of ancient people, and those people weren't nervous. Our ancestors were. Yeah. We still hear <laughs> Hey, man, I agree. That's no, I mean, that's getting deep now. That's what's up. <laughs> well, um, man, I'm not going to hold you too much longer. Um, if anybody else has got any questions, drop them real quick in the comments. And, um, dude, I do have something so um, – Back in the day, we did a little drinking, a little partying a long time ago. Um, I don't know what you drink now, you know, being a dad, being a little more reserved. What do you like to, what do you enjoy as an alcoholic beverage? I really, honestly, I've got, uh, I've got some whiskey that I've had for so long because I never, ever drink. But if I'm going to drink, I'm probably going to drink a little whiskey. Yeah. 
I appreciate that. Well, I actually got you. I always like to give my guests something for, you know, taking the time out of your day for uh, coming on and being that we have this whole social distancing thing still going on. Um, I really can't reach out and give you anything creative, man. So um, I got you a gift card to sipwhiskey.com. Yay. Um, yeah. So, uh, I mean, hey, you can, you know, you can get you something from there and it may sit on the shelf for a couple of years, but, you know, you <clears throat> Possibly, you know, whiskey. I know it's going to happen when you get that belt, man. You can, you know, you can definitely sip some whiskey that night. <laughs> hey, fight night's always been a whiskey night, my yeah, friend. Most you didn't lose the draw. You drink whiskey on fight night, baby. I'm excited to. I still haven't made it to one of your UFC fights, man. I really want to. Um, you know, and Andrea Lee's another really good friend of ours. I definitely haven't got to see her fight in person since she's been to that level. So I definitely that's on my bucket list for the next couple of years is to see you guys in the octagon. It'd be great if we could all get on the same car. That would be amazing. My next fight will be stateside, you know? So I'm, I'm not going to freaking North Korea or. Yeah. You know, well, real quick on that. How is that? How does that change the game? Like going out of States or, you know, is it, is it throw off the, the, the last week there for you? Or is it, you know, I, I fought in Singapore in 2017 and I, I fought and I won. I fought a really tough guy and I, I, you know, competed well. And I felt like, I was like, shoot, this wasn't that bad. You know, after, after it all, I was like, I could probably do that again. Korea was tough. Korea was tough. It was, it was hard on me. And I don't feel like I adjusted just, just the lag. Yeah. It, it was tough. No excuses, you know, cause he had to face it too. Yeah. So he was smart. He got out there two weeks early. And I guess looking forward, if I'm to do it again, I'm gonna have to go out early, but, uh, it was it was rough. Career was rough. Well, you're on the path forward, man. I'm, I'm excited to see the next one. I'm excited to see these fights coming up in the next few weeks. And, you know, what's your take on those? Should be fun. I'm excited to, to just see some live sports again. Uh, yeah. Henry Cejudo, obviously, I've done, I've done quite a bit of time with Henry. And uh, Henry's the best competitor in the world. I look forward to watching him uh, compete again. And it uh, should, should be good. Good, good, fun card. Bunch of matchups. I man, I'm pumped on it. I wish I'd been training. I'd go fight on Fight Island. <laughs> I, I think it's crazy what he's doing, man. But hey, it's making making this thing happen. You know, not taking it. You know, not taking any downtime. You know, as much as possible, but actually still making these fights happen. So that's exciting. They say that it must go on. Yeah, it has to. I mean, you got to pay the bills, bro. Right. Well, um, thanks again for coming on, man. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time out. It's good to catch up with you, uh, you know, and um, hopefully when you're back in town, hit me up. We can catch up. Um, I always love seeing you at the local fights, and um, I look forward to seeing you on the big screen again, bro, here soon. Hey, I'll be at the next fights. Uh, you know, I, I commentate <clears> – <throat> sorry. I commentate for those guys, and uh, I'll, I'll have guys competing on that card too. Uh, one of my guys, Demas Chapa, he's, he's got a title shot. He's fighting a local Shreveport kid, tough kid. Uh, and also Matt Costello, another one of my guys, should be fighting for the title. So I've been vouching for it. He put on a great performance in his last fight. And uh, listen, I got one of the best little amateur groups in the country right now. I put them together in a matter of months. Uh, we, we're a serious group. We got some real, real studs up, up and coming. It's not just me. You know, I'm going to keep paving the way. But after me, we're going to see the West Chase Fight Force. Hey, dude, that's what's up. Yeah, I saw that group of guys that last card, and they, they, were, they, were, they were tough, man. I like it. Pay attention to the decisions they make. They're not just tough. They're well-trained. Yeah. That makes all the difference. 
Well, uh, any any last thoughts, man? Anything you got to offer, um, or, or you want to say to any, uh, anybody listening? You know, like I said, keep in mind that some of these guys and ladies don't, you know, participate in our fight world. You know, just stay up, stay up, be be uh, do your best to stay positive. And I know times are rough right now, but we about to get back to work. And when everything gets to ripping, everything's gonna gonna get back uh, doing well. Uh, you'll run into people with different ideas. You, you gotta, you gotta be okay with it. Try, try your best not to be offended, as well as try not to offend people at the same time. Uh, and, and do your best. Stay up. Uh, aim low, one step at a time, and and don't be so hard on yourself. I like it, dude. I just said something the other day. It's, it's patience and the the living in the moment makes all the difference. Whenever you get that achievement, it really does. Sure does. All right, bro. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening and watching. Thanks for coming on again, Danger. I appreciate it. And uh, everyone, please subscribe to the podcast.